everyone, and welcome back to the Unnamed Sports Show. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by my colleagues, Jason and Jerry. How you fellas doing? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. How you doing? Oh, I couldn't be better. Brownies are in the playoffs. A Week 18 matchup doesn't matter. I don't know if life could get any better at the moment. You get a week yeah. off, man. Uh, <laughs> you guys basically have a bye week. Literally starting Jeff Driscoll this week. Uh, Joe Flacco, the goat, sitting out for a week. Who I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Anyone that had Joe Flacco resting for week 18 for the Browns for the playoffs uh, on their bingo card, you just let me know. Uh, but uh, I thought he'd be resting, just not not for a playoff game. Not just for sitting a team. on his couch not doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Not for a team. <laughs> not for a team. Well, yeah. uh, uh, as you can see, I have a change of decor behind me. I got pictures. This is from my first ever. My mom made that. I had this framed. This is from my first ever NFL football game. Uh, Bears versus Vikings when I was a massive Brett Favre fan. And then we got, sorry, Nick Chubb over here. Dogs playing poker here. And then the banner here. Sorry, but just thought I'd point that out. Where'd where'd the flag go? Where'd the flag go? Uh, the flag's still in here. I got to figure out a way to incorporate that as well. We'll figure something out, but we can't waste too much time here. We're doing a little shift around. We're going to put our favorite segment up front, mainly because uh, when Jason put this together, we didn't realize that some of these games started at 7 o'clock. But Jason, take it away for Jason's Moonshot Bet the week. To my dreamers, to my hopers, to my believes, we're going to get in this pretty fast because, again, these games start at 7-10. So, Wizard and Cavs, we have Donovan Mitchell, 25 points. We have Jared Allen, 15 points and 10 rebounds. Um, we have, for the Bucks versus Pacers game, another game at 7-10. We have Damian Lillard at 20 points. Giannis Antetokounmpo at 30 points. Tyrese Halliburton at 20 points and 12 assists. And as Ryan has right there, that that's a check. All right. Lock it in. All right. So get those in as soon as possible, and we'll continue on with these um, later games. So at 8-10, we have, I'm going to botch this, but Eperion Sangun. Sure. I think I can tell. 20 points, 10 rebounds. We have, for the 10... Game this sorry the ten o'clock games we have Heat versus Miami we have Anthony Davis twenty five points twelve rebounds, Bam Adebayo twenty points ten rebounds we have Tyler my hero twenty points we have LeBron the goat King James at twenty points we have for the Magic versus Kings we have Sabonis at ten rebounds and De'Aaron Fox for twenty five points and they all are wondering well Jason. What are the odds? Yeah, they might be on the screen, but they're wondering. <laughs> you went from 3,000, you lost. Tell them how many yards we were away. 14? Was it 14, 14 for Cedric Tillman? And we would have had yards. a one-up up on there. We would have been one and seven. So you know what? We tripled the odds. We put them up there at 10,723. And we go to the moon. And we fly high tonight. Don't worry. Wednesdays we hit. <laughs> Wednesdays we hit. Now, for all the 
tens and tens of viewers we have out there. If you want to go place this <laughs> bet, generous. you got four more. Yeah, very generous. <clears throat> you have four more minutes to do so till 7.10. But uh, this was uh, another edition of Jason's Moonshot Bet. We we're happy to put it up here at the front of our program. And again, uh, four more minutes to put that in before tip-off, plus 10,000 odds. And, of course, this is going to be the week that we do hit when we don't give anybody enough time to actually put the bet in. I'm sure that is exactly what is going to happen. But this has been Jason's Moonshot Bet of the Week. Jerry, hit it again. Ball. We love that bet. Oh. All right, now forget about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Shout out to us for being adaptable, by the way. We yeah, had to, we had to move some segments around for this one. Right. We're so quick, so fast, so flexible. And, you know, you. honestly, shout out to it's It's not me because uh, Jerry is the one that controls all of your visuals you see, and Jason is obviously the one that runs that segment. So right I get your to Baby, my... that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I almost ruined it by talking too much about what was behind me instead of just going right into it. But anyway, uh, into the sport that matters right now, the NFL. Uh, amazing, crazy week 17. And we're coming down. I mean, football's almost over, guys. And that's so sad. We only got like, what, like six more weeks of football total? Yeah. They say, Don't worry. Draft season. they say that seasonal depression yeah. happens in, in the winter. No, it's it's when the, the NFL is depression. not in season. Exactly. Exactly. But let's uh let's start with last Thursday night. Cleveland Browns at home. Last home game of the season. Uh last Thursday night game of the season. They host the New York Jets, Joe Flacco and Elijah Moore's former team. And the Browns absolutely dominate. You'll see on the power rankings this week. But Joe Flacco is on a tear. He is now uh, the first quarterback since, I believe, uh, maybe Bernie Kosar, even maybe before that, maybe Brian Sype to have uh, four 300-yard passing games in a row. He has 13 touchdowns, which is more than four different teams and tied with two different teams in the NFL right now. He is absolutely wow. dominating. And then you, on top of that, you pair that with the number one defense in the NFL. And this is quickly becoming a team that no one is going to want to see in the playoffs. They are absolutely dominant, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the, uh, the connection that Flacco and Njoku have quickly created. I mean, he had 100, over 100 yards receiving in the first quarter. Yeah, you know, way more than 40. Yeah, exactly. Way mm -hmm. more than 40. Way more than 40. You know who you are. But on top of that, Flacco throws for over 300 yards against a defense that hasn't given up a 300-yard passer the entire season and throws for over 300 and doesn't even have his number one target. I mean, he's absolutely on fire. He's running this offense better than anybody has run the offense this year, better than anyone's run the offense since Kevin Stefanski's been the coach of the Cleveland Browns. And Baker had a great season that year, the last time he went to the playoffs. Joe Flacco looks like he has this offense down better than Baker ever did, better than certainly better than Deshaun or Jacoby ever did. 
and it's been uh, quite refreshing to see an offense that literally can uh, probably the second or third most explosive offense in the NFL right now. I mean, they can make a touchdown happen on almost any play, and it's not something that I thought I'd ever see as a Browns fan, so I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. So we move from one uh, topic that is really exciting to the Saturday games, a topic not so exciting. The Cowboys defeat the Lions 20-19. to And uh, I think all of us have a little bit to say about this game. I'll start off here. But the Cowboys end up winning by one point on a very controversial call at the end of the game. And I think everyone knows what happened there at the end. Decker reports to uh, the referee. The official does not see him reporting. He assumes it's 70 that's reporting. Everyone's already talked about all this. They throw the completed two-point conversion. They win the game. And then they throw the flag for illegal touching. It's completely ridiculous. But the part of the game also that not as many people were talking about is the Cowboys could have ended that game earlier as well. You had a phantom tripping call that called on Cowboys tight end when Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions clearly sticks his foot out to try to trip him. If tripping even occurred, that would have made it second and two, and a first down would have pretty much the game. Now, of course, they get the penalty. Uh, Mike McCarthy decides to throw the ball, which is ridiculous. Clock management. And then they go down this they other penalty happens and then Dan Campbell goes for two from the seven yard line. So you have penalties that are called that are BS penalties followed by terrible coaching decisions on both sides. But the whole point is the NFL referees should not be determining the ends of these football games. He played on the field. There shouldn't be this controversy. And if you ask me, I think we need to have full-time refs. We need to have a full school or some sort of training program for these refs. And you need to have a way to, oh, you suck this week or or the last couple of weeks, you're getting demoted. And you're going down to the XFL or you're going down to college football. And now these other people who are doing really well have an opportunity to come up so we have the best of the best refing on Sundays. So uh, I'll let Jerry go ahead. What's your thoughts on this? But uh, I know I kind of talked for a uh, long time there, but I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, it absolutely is ridiculous. Um, first off, I think it's uh, ridiculous that, you know, you touched on it, that the refs even even made that call uh, because he clearly comes in and reports. The guy that they say reported wasn't even close to the ref when it happened. Um, as much as I want to say that the refs did screw them over, the Lions still had an opportunity to take it into overtime. Um, they could have kicked an extra point. Anybody in that situation after the penalty is called kicks an extra point. I think Dan Campbell was just so mad, so fed up, so overheated that um, he kind of let the moment get away from him. He um, talked about it in the in the press conference. Did you hear that? Uh, I did not catch the press conference after the game. So actually, he, he said he said he told his men that they were going to march on the field and and score a touchdown and go for two no matter what. Even with so the he penalty. was kind. Of, well, again, like. 
that's his inability to adapt to the situation. I yeah. agree, but but his his reasoning was he told the players they were going for two, which is why no matter what he was deciding to go for two. But continue. I sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, and uh, trust me, I think going for two the first time is one hundred percent the correct decision. You always go to win the game because. You know, you never know what happens. If Even if you don't get it, there could be a penalty called on the other team. Um, it just happened to be an unfortunate circumstance for Dan Campbell and his squad to have the penalty go against them. Just, in my opinion, 100% the wrong decision to go for two after the penalty. Just kick the extra point, take it into overtime. Um, and then, again, they had another shot because the Cowboys did get a penalty. Um they didn't convert it. The Cowboys get a penalty. They get it back. I think it back at the four because it goes half the distance to the goal line. Um, but then they call a play, uh, a tight end out route to their, I think, second or third string tight end where he's at the two yard line. He's not even in the end zone. What what kind of play are you calling there? Like at least put the ball in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't agree. One, I don't agree with anything that happened. Obviously, the refs made a horrible call, but I don't agree with any of Dan Campbell's um, decisions apart from going for it for the first time. Yeah, I I have to completely agree with you on that. Dan Campbell definitely screwed up at the end there, but at the end of the day, I think them. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and that's important to talk about. But at the end of the day, the refs are determining the outcomes of games. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with what you're saying. Like, with there should definitely be some form of schooling, and definitely full time refs. Like, you pay. I think that would a rest. Half of the people's minds, because a you probably pay them a little bit more. They're full time employees. A lot you, more, yeah. Right? You would right. think, like you would you think, could probably, you could probably pay these guys like maybe not NFL minimum, but half of what NFL minimum salaries are. Right. You know, like I mean, you could even probably pay a billion dollar company. Yeah. Yeah. Billion, yeah. billions dollar company. Like you could probably pay, yeah, minimum. Minimum, like you, you just put all officials at minimum NFL salary levels. Like these guys are yeah. making, you know, three quarters of a million dollars. Why right. not? That aim incentivizes them to do better, and they can get fined. Right, like now, and now they, they can get, start getting fined. They can exactly, get fined. they can get. They have to go to the press conference and talk about the decisions they made on the field and take responsibility when they screw up, they can get demoted. They can get benched for other people. Like make this a thing. Like, why is this, why is this, these people are freaking lawyers and teachers and cops Mm -hmm. that on Sunday come and are reffing biggest sports, uh, those biggest sports games in the entire world. Like you're talking about, you're talking about tens of millions of viewers. You're talking about millions of dollars on betting that now is getting thrown out because of poor officiating. I mean, c- continue, Jason. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's no, like, I'm I completely agree. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's definitely a better way for this to be to have gone, and we continue to see the same thing year in and year out, and year in and year out, and there's no accountability for it. In fact, the players are penalized and charged and coaches get fined and GMs get fined. Mm-hmm. Like everybody gets fined if they want to talk about it. And to me that just seems like a you're you're cutting you're killing freedom of speech like for for sports. Like yeah, okay, you don't wanna 
some of these players words can mean a lot to a, more than the most person because there are insane fans out there that can start posting death threats stuff like that where it gets a little too far right but like if someone makes a mistake and you call out the mistake that well what's the issue with that simple as that like there should be a more accountability so how do you do that you give them more incentive to do better and then if they do wrong then bam you can put a fine on them stuff like that i just i don't i don't know there's definitely a better way for this for refereeing to have to be especially at this level of popularity the sport has and the money that the sport brings in like why can't we do this a hundred percent and i think also you would have less players coming out or coaches or gms coming out and talking about the referees and feeling like they have to say something because now you have like an official body yeah. that represents them they have to talk like they can speak for themselves and now you don't like they, these players feel like they have to say something, otherwise nothing's gonna happen. Right, right. If right. you have some accountability, you might get that change. So, I know we spent a good amount of time talking about that, but it's it's definitely an important issue. And the NFL, you know, for all the amazing things that the NFL has become and everything amazing that uh, the NFL is, you know, they're constantly growing like this. Viewership is becoming insanely high. It's amazing. Get this shit figured out. Sorry. Get this crap figured out because cut it. Yeah. Cut it. <laughs> oh wait, you can't get this stuff figured out because this is what, this is what gets people to stop watching. This is yep. what kills audience. This mm. is what kills your continued growth. So <clears throat> anyway, moving on. We had the Bills and the Patriots. Bills 27, Patriots 21. This game was interesting because there was three turnovers in the first quarter. All, like, Bailey Zappi's threw three interceptions before he threw a completion, I believe, uh, which is absolutely absurd. Jason, what did you think about this Bills game? And did you see, uh, you think the Bills, I mean, they didn't really capitalize on many of these turnovers. The game ended up being kind of close. 27-21, like, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like crazy, crazy. A, not only that, like the kick return at the beginning of the game, like I think the Bills didn't come to play. Like, I'll be, I'll be, other than their defense, special teams looked a little sketch. Offense looked a little sketch. Um, looked really sketch. I think. Yeah, like Josh Allen threw for under 150 yards. Yeah. Which I mean, it's kind of how their offense is going, but you're you're not going to be able to run on every team, and if you're not able to have a balanced offense in the playoffs good luck you're not going to win many games like you're, you're one and done probably but i mean they're in a, still in a situation where it's like i mean we'll talk about this more later but it's either two or nothing so it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy um but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later but yeah the not a great showing for the bills who were on a pretty hot streak i think and i uh, I'm no, I don't have much confidence if going after this game, going into the playoffs. Yeah, I would have to uh, not just agree. I think that the Bills, they looked, everyone crowned them as the new hot team when they destroyed the Cowboys. And since then, they have not looked good at all, yeah. offensively specifically. Uh, you know, <clears throat> even even in that game. They had a lot. They had 225 yards on the ground, but Josh Allen threw for like 99 yards. Yep. I mean, yeah, he hasn't looked particularly good 
since the Chiefs game, really. Like, well, you people... gotta, you gotta think they change up, they change up their offense. So, like, how normally Josh Allen was before, it was ball is in his hands every play. Like he, he has the ball, he gets the time to work out his issues in the game. Like he'll throw an interception, they still give him the ball back. He's throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. Now it's literally run, 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 pass. He doesn't have that much opportunity to work out those issues. And he's not – Josh Allen's great, don't get me wrong, but he's not Drew Brees' accurate Peyton Manning-style quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not him. Like, he's a he's a playmaking quarterback. And if the ball's not in his hands as much to figure out in-game how to play, those accuracy issues are going to show a little bit. Do you think that it's possibly a uh, with the turnover issues he had earlier in the season? Do you think it's been a a trust issue maybe between his uh, his head coach and him, just not letting no. them have the ball in his no. hands and just switching I, I, up to a running style? No, I, I think, think it's good. Oh uh, no, you finish your thought. And then I'll, I, I think we're gonna have the exact same thought. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's hundred. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a hundred percent that they want to be able to run the football better. And that just relieves a lot of pain from him. And you get, like, I mean, look at Joe Brady's offense. Yeah, Joe Brady's offense is in college. Like, yeah, they threw for a lot, but they were also running the ball very well. Mm -hmm. And there was playmaking from the running back before there was those deep passes in the the offense. So I think that's what they want to do. And it's what's best for Josh Allen. It's just you got to work out through the kinks of it. And it's not consistent right now so right. once they get it figured out it's going to be great for him but right now it's just not what he's used to yeah and in that time frame they're lucky to have played teams like the chargers and the patriots where i mean you, your defense just has to stand on the field and you they're probably not going to score very much so um either way the bills as we'll talk about soon are in a precarious position as of the moment moving on the bears Go in and absolutely dog walk the Falcons. The, the score is a touch misleading in that there was a moment the Falcons could have come back, but Taylor Heineke threw yet another interception, and Justin Fields was able to turn that into a touchdown. And the Bears right now have won five of the last six games, one of the hottest teams. I can't remember. What was the team they lost to? Oh, yeah, it was the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but they they look extremely hot right now. Jason is going to give a big I told you so. We'll see where it goes. I was on the Fields train at the beginning of this year. I fell off the Fields train when he looked pretty unremarkable. And several of these last few games, he's proved me wrong a little bit. And I think if you get a decent offensive line with a solid run game and another weapon on the outside, their offense could potentially be one of the most explosive in the NFL. Jerry, what did you think of the Bears' route of the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I was I was kind of in the same boat on the fields train, fell off. Now I'm fully back on it. Uh, I think if they take Caleb Williams with that number one pick, they are stupid because they have a special player in Justin Fields. It's crazy what, what happens when you let a guy play his game. Um, instead of trying to formulate him into a pocket passer, they're actually letting him, you know, kind of improvise the, the dude's fast as hell he can his 40 yard dash is insane let him get out of the pocket if he can't find dj moore or cole commit let him take off if you know he had he i think he's developed the wherewithal to to not take these big hits to not get injured and 
he's also able to use his brain and know when he has to improvise. And like you said, if they are able to develop a huge offensive line, a great offensive line with a weapon like Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, I don't know, is Roma do Rome Odunze Odunze? Is he yes. coming out this year? Yes. Could be a good fit in that offense too. If they hello. They got this, they got some good they got some good draft picks. They, you know, this is options. my biggest thing. You think Caleb Williams does more for that offense compared to Justin Fields than Marvin Harrison being on that team? Because you get Caleb Williams, you risk not getting Marvin Harrison. You, are, you probably aren't getting no. Marvin Harrison Jr. You're probably not. No, here's here's the thing. In so this would be back to back years where they have they have passed on the quarterback of their choice for something else. And don't get me wrong. I don't think they should get rid of fields and I don't think they should draft Caleb Williams. I think you allow a team to send you whatever you can get similar Mm -hmm. to what the Panthers sent you last year. It's going to be more actually. No, it's more because Caleb Williams is considered the best prospect out since Trevor Lawrence. And then before Trevor Lawrence, uh, Andrew Luck. So, they are expecting to get more for that pick. So you're telling me three, four first round picks and a second? Yeah. That's Marvin Harrison. That's a, the best offensive lineman in this draft. And then another second round pick to do whatever the heck you need to do. Stir up some parts on the defense, get more offensive linemen, find someone in the free agency trade, maybe make another trade. You know, like, you get so many more options for for maybe a step up at quarterback, maybe one step up at quarterback instead of securing your whole the rest of your team. In my mm-hmm. opinion, so, real, I, real quick before we move on, who is the number two pick right now? Do you know the Commanders? The Commanders. Oh, oh, we're talking about my bad. interesting. We're talking about what player is supposed to be. No, interesting. Like. It's because like it's what's it's the Commanders, the Patriots, uh, Cardinals, um, I believe. Cardinals, maybe and not anymore. Giants. Yeah, so it's it'd just yeah. be interesting to see what, because you would want to be able to still have like the second pick, so you can get Marvin Harrison. Yep, and you can get. Okay, and, and the reason why is because there's multiple teams that want that quarterback. So you are saying I either keep this spot, and someone drafts ahead of you, or sorry, you either trade this to the person that's behind you, or you move up one more spot for your guy, for the guy. Because right. I've been looking at Drake May. I I don't I don't know like. His film is so confusing. <laughs> like it's literally him running around in like a circle. It's like I either see it's Zach Wilson or it's one crazy play. Like it's it's either really bad or really good. And you don't want to me, Caleb Williams is better than Drake May by that much for you to trade a whole package for him. That being said. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but my question is: like, the further back you go, the more assets the team probably has to trade you. But the problem is, you now don't get to that second spot because you need the second spot to get Marvin Harrison Jr. So you it have, might be three. It might yeah, be three. Yeah, not necessarily. Because if that, 
I mean, are are you? You need three, I think. Uh, I think three at the lowest you need because the Patriots are definitely going to take. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Who has? What if they go, if they go get pick? somebody? What if they get Russell Wilson to come in, or what if they get, you know, like you're gonna have a you're gonna have a new coach. No, they're, they're not going to do that. Yeah, a new yeah. GM. You, they are going to want their own guy, not Russell Wilson, because they're not. Unless, they're not. Yeah. Or Kirk Cousins. They're not a veteran quarterback away from being a winning team. They're, right. you know, the speaking about the Patriots and the Commanders, they're, they're just not. They are a lot of pieces away. They need a young guy to build around. Now, the Cardinals at four is interesting because they need a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. They have Kyler Murray. They have a pretty decent defense. That's the pick you need. Washington, though, that's a, okay. We can talk about all this. Sorry. Sorry, we've no, I do. I love this. We'll get into that here in a few weeks. It's interesting. Let's kind of uh speed ram through these, uh, the, the speed round through these. The Colts beat the Raiders 23 20 in a game that looks much closer than it really, really was. The Rams eke out a win over the Giants 26 25. Cardinals beat the Eagles. Jerry, go off about uh, the. Uh, I am tired of the Eagles crap. They're dropping down to 14 in my rankings this week. I know Ryan had them at 15 this week. He went even lower than I did. Dude, how do they? They're not good. They are not not good. good. They are not good. They are. They can't even win their division, dog. Their defense can't stop anybody. They're not. They're. They're not winning their division. The Cowboys are not losing this week. But no, I wasn't. My face was like, "Your team's not winning your division. My team's not winning my the, division." Uh, we. I know. <laughs> I know what my team is. I know. What, we're. Jared Stidham. We're starting that man. The Eagles. The Eagles might. They could use Jared Stidham. They need a spark on offense. They need something, yeah. dog. Oh, they oh, need something because they can't even beat the Cardinals I'll at think. home. At home, dog. They let the Cardinals the four and eleven, or sorry, three, no, three and twelve Cardinals walk into Philadelphia. Kyler Murray runs it up and down the field on them, dog. What are you gonna do in the playoffs against a team like the Niners who kicked the bleep out of them earlier this year or a team like the Cowboys who also kicked the bleep out of them earlier this year. What are you going to do against them? They're going to get absolutely dog walked, man. This it's embarrassing for Philadelphia. I can't, I'm done lying about the Eagles. They are bad. They are a bad team right now. They, yeah. Then they're going to limp into the playoffs here. So uh, next game, Saints beat the Bucks 23, 13 in the game where Baker Mayfield Looked terrible for about three quarters, and then it's just one of those like even even Tom Brady struggled against the Saints, especially in the regular season when he was at Tampa. There's something about the Saints over Tampa; they just have that sort of edge over them. Like even when Baker was finally getting a hold of it, he throws a beautiful like sixty yard bomb to his guy, who then just falls and fumbles the ball and gives it right back to the Saints. It's like. And then they get the two-point conversion. They score a touchdown, get the two to go down eight, and then Godwin stepped out of the back of the end zone. It's just yeah. like – it's it's just unlucky game for them. They play the Panthers. I highly doubt they they lose. Um, Commanders lose to the 49ers. Not surprising. 
Jaguars beat the Panthers in a very unexciting fashion. Uh, Tepper gets fined a bunch of money for baby. Tepper gets fined a bunch of money for pouring drinks on a guy. Jason, how'd you feel about your Jaguars beating the two and 15 Panthers? We did what we had to do with the backup quarterback, CJ Beathard coming in. We ran the ball. I wish we would have run the ball, you know, against any of the last four or five teams we lost against. But hey, here we are again. We won one more win and we're in. That's all I care about. On to Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, oh, sorry, I skipped a game there. Uh, Probably the most surprising game of the day, the Dolphins got absolutely destroyed by the Ravens, 56-19. to The Dolphins just won the Fraud Bowl last week against the Cowboys. Come into this one. Now, they don't have Jalen Waddle or Raheem Mostert. And the game... I mean, it's just one of those games where it was spiral. It spiraled downhill very quickly at the end of the game for the Dolphins. But more to Baltimore. Baltimore absolutely just dominated. I mean, completely dominated. It was extremely impressive to see. Uh, just quickly through the rest of these, Texans beat the Titans. Will Levis got injured in that game, which is unfortunate. Um, C.J. Stroud looked good. Steelers beat the Seahawks. Broncos, your bro- Jerry, your Broncos beat the Chargers 16-9. What do you think of Jared Stidham's first start this right, I think it's his first start this year. Uh, it, it doesn't matter at this point. Season's over. We have no shot of making the playoffs anymore. Um, I guess Sean Payton was correct in his uh, benching of Russell Wilson. You know, As long as he doesn't have to come in as a backup next week, he won't get hurt. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – did did what we did earlier against the Chargers this year, just absolutely dominated them on you know on the defensive side of the ball, and then the offense barely puts up more than their more than their average. I don't know. Season's over. I'm I'm done with this year. Move on. Fair enough. <laughs> Russell Wilson should fake an ankle sprain in practice, so he has to get paid. Uh, Chiefs beat the Bengals twenty five seventeen. Uh, a game that was pretty close, but Chiefs were able to pull away at the end. And then the Packers dominate the Vikings on uh, Sunday night football. And finally, George, I mean, it looks like the Packers have struck gold again, getting their third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row. I mean, we'll actually see. But he's thrown 30 touchdowns this season, which is extremely impressive in your first year starting for any team. So mm-hmm. that was a recap that we took a while to get through the recap that time. Lots of side conversation, but got to love it. Talking a little draft, talking a little playoff, you know. Yeah. That time of the year. It's the end of the 2023, now 2024 NFL football season. Now it's time to take a look. What did this mean? What did week 17 mean for this postseason that is right around the corner? Let's take a look at the playoff picture. In the AFC right now, we have the Ravens at the one seed. The Browns officially have locked the five seed. I'm just jumping all over. I just want to talk about the Browns as much as possible. Uh, the Dolphins at the two seed, Chiefs at three seed, Jaguars at four seed, Browns at five seed, Bills at six seed, Colts at seven seed. If the playoffs were to start today, the Colts would play the Dolphins, the Bills would play the Chiefs, and the Browns would play the Jaguars. The Ravens would be on a bye. Jerry, you, you know, I think this is actually the Bills and Dolphins are going to switch spots and the Texans will come in, but I think that's about what the 
the playoff picture is going to look like. You had an interesting playoff prediction that we were talking about before the show started. What do you think is going to happen here in the AFC? Yeah, so I think uh, with the Dolphins-Bills game on, I think it's on Sunday night now, uh, you know, that game is winning in for both, uh, or for the Bills, sorry, the Dolphins have, have already, right, Dolphins clinched the spot? Yeah, yeah, they clinched yeah. the spot. Yeah. Um, so Bills have to win and get in. The Dolphins losing and getting absolutely embarrassed on Sunday against the Ravens was the absolute worst thing that could have happened for the Bills. They should have Mostert back. I believe they're going to have Waddle back for this game. Um, it's in Miami. I want to say it's in Miami. Um, so no cold weather advantage for the Buffalo. Dolphins are absolutely going to walk the Bills this week. I'm two is going to throw it all over the field. Tyreek is going to be blazing on that field. This means, this means with the Ravens sitting their starters at the one seat, locked up, nobody's got to play. Tyler Huntley's playing this, this week. Former pro bowler, Tyler Huntley is playing this (laughs) week. Steelers are going to beat the Ravens. And I believe it's the Colts that have to win. Correct for no, I think, it doesn't Colts, matter. It doesn't matter. They just can't tie. They, they just can't tie. tie. They can't so obviously tie. the Colts-Texans game is not going to end in a tie. If I have to eat my words on that one, I will. I'm just calling my shot that the Colts and Texans will not end in a tie. Brave of you. Bills are not making the playoffs. Bills are not making the playoffs. It'll be Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Jaguars, Browns, Steelers, Texans. That's Texans. my prediction. Quite a wild prediction there, but honestly, I think we're getting to some uh, playoff clinching scenarios here soon, but the Bills are in that precarious position as we were talking about. If they win against the Dolphins, they win the division, and because they beat the Chiefs, they will automatically be the two seed in the AFC. The two seed, meaning most <laughs> of the games will run through Buffalo. If they lose, they will probably not make the playoffs, which is quite an absurd contention. Jason, what do you think is going to happen this weekend when it comes to the AFC playoff picture? I think we're going to the playoffs. I think my Jags are going to win and be in that four seed. I do think the Texans beat the Colts, jumps them up to seven. Do you think the Bills do end up beating the Dolphins? I think it's the exact same as yours, right? Mm-hmm. Bills up to two. Chiefs, Jags, Browns, Dolphins. Oh, wait, is it Dolphins, Browns? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. No, it would be Browns, Dolphins. Browns, Dolphins, even if you guys lose? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Browns, Dolphins, and then the Texans. I, that's exactly yeah. That's exactly what I think is going to end up being too, Jason. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. The AFC playoffs are going to be absolutely absurd with all the backups and the. Uh, you know, it's just it's going to be so much fun to watch. Let's jump on over to the NFC side. What do we got over there? Still at the one seed, you got the 49ers, Cowboys at the two seed, Lions at the three seed, Buccaneers at the four seed, Eagles at the five seed, Rams at the six seed, and the Packers at. The seventh seed, not much changing on this one for me. I have the Buccaneers uh, winning against the Panthers, so holding on to that spot. Everyone else kind of staying the same. Um, 
everyone up top kind of winning. The Rams are setting their starters because they will have the sixth seed no matter what. Uh, and then, yeah, so this weekend it's uh, Sam Darnold against Carson Wentz. Uh, in oh, the yeah. 49 <laughs> Yeah. Rams game. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Uh what everyone was hoping to see. And then the only change I see happening is the Packers uh getting hopped by the Seahawks. I think the Bears beat the Packers in the last week of the season and the Seahawks uh, win against the Arizona Cardinals and they would be in Jason. What do you see happening in this NFC playoff picture? What do the Packers play this week? Bears. Packers will play the bears. Duh bears. Get them out of there. <laughs> Get them out of there. The Packers dropped out. I am still going for uh, who do the Seahawks play. Cardinals. Seahawks play the Cardinals. I just said all this. Are you listening to I my know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's just so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the chance. I'm taking the chance, bro. Um, yeah, no, let me let me get the Seahawks, and it's back to my original playoff picture. Buccaneers win. Eagles in. Rams. Packers. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to win this week. Even if they don't win, they're still going to be. Basically, unless the, the Cowboys, Cowboys lose to the Commanders, yeah, uh, no. yeah. Keep them here. Yep. So Kick you, out the Packers in with the Seahawks. That's exactly how I felt. Jay, what do you see happening in this NFC? <laughs> I playoff? hate to beat a dead horse, but I agree 100%. Yep. Yep. It's very interesting that we are locked in on the Bears beating the Packers when the Packers have perennially dominated the Bears over the last 20 years. Get me, really? Chicago! True, but the, the Bears have the, like a top five defense right now, yes. and the Packers have literally the 32nd best defense in the NFL. Yep. It is the worst. They have an offense that can run with anybody and a defense that can lose to anybody, which is why they only beat the Panthers by three points, and it was by far Bryce Young's greatest game of his NFL career, Baker Mayfield's greatest game of his NFL career, also against the Packers this season. You know what? A- I'm going to switch it up just for – S's and G's. <laughs> Give me the Packers over the Bears just because you said all that. Packers stay in the seventh spot. All right. You're wrong. That's your <laughs> you're wrong. We got to have uh, a little adversity on the show, right? I suppose. I suppose. But this is the NFL, uh, NFC side of the playoff picture. We got week 18, Kevin. And it's coming fast. I was going to say a different word there, but it would have sounded... Not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on. We got some playoff <laughs> clinching scenarios. Some pretty wild stuff. Jerry, do you have it pulled up right now? Give us some of these uh, NFL playoff clinch. Give us the craziest one you see, because there's some pretty absurd ones out there. Uh, where's the? Where's the? Was it uh, Buffalo? No, it's Jacksonville. This yeah. one is wild. So, obviously, Jacksonville wins the division title with the win. We know that. Or if they tie and Indian Houston ends in a tie, they win. Jacksonville clinches a playoff berth in two scenarios. First scenario, Jacksonville tie plus Pittsburgh loss or tie. Sure, whatever. That's not too crazy. Not too crazy. <laughs> the second scenario... 
does not matter what Jacksonville does. Jacksonville can win, lose, or tie. Pittsburgh loss plus Denver loss or tie. We're talking about a team that's not even in the playoffs. Plus, Houston, Indianapolis does not end in a tie. So that can mean either team wins. As long as it does not end in a tie, Jacksonville's in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what they do. That is wild. That we're, the, what it, makes it's it, crazy. What makes it wild, the reason is because it, make, it, it creates like a four-way tie where each team has like beaten the other team. And so for whatever reason in that scenario – the Steelers are the team, or no, I'm sorry, Jacksonville is the team that is propelled to that top spot. So it, we were the it, chosen one. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll see how chosen you guys really are if you can beat the Titans. Uh, some of the other Eric pretty ge- exactly. <laughs> some of the pretty uh, <laughs> generic ones. Jacksonville winning in, Buffalo winning in, Buccaneers winning in. Uh, you're looking at Seattle or uh, Green Bay winning in, and then everything else. Everyone else, I believe, requires a little bit of help. Uh, Houston and Indianapolis. That oh yeah, that sorry, yeah, yeah. winning in. Yep, yep. Houston and, and it's for sure. Either team, whatever team wins that game is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be a Saturday night game. That's really exciting. Um, but there's a lot of, I believe there's 20 teams that are still vying for playoff positioning right now in the NFL, which is tied for the most ever and, uh, tied with 2006, I believe was the year going into the last week of the NFL. So it's a pretty absurd, uh, pretty absurd scenarios going on an amazing year in the NFL, but now it's time for Tied for the longest running segment on this show. We're going to do our newest version, Week 18 NFL Power Rankings. And please remember, these are the power rankings. It's generated through a multitude of equations and mathematics and, and means and averages and other statistical words. And it's thrown into this machine. It's spit back out. It's not. We didn't make, like. It's not like we just said, oh, this, this, this. No, it's it was mathematically generated. And these are the power rankings. So let's start at the back end. At the teams that don't matter that are vying for the first pick. and the, Actually, the Panthers had the first. Bears had the first pick via the Panthers. Uh, but the rest of the teams, uh, Panthers at 32, Commanders at 31, Patriots at 30, Chargers at 29, Titans at 28, Jets at 27. Uh, Giants 26, Falcons 25. I didn't finish my sentence there. I meant to say the rest of these teams are vying for the second pick in the draft. But these hey, all Falcons, teams... That, Falcons can still win the division. Let's, that's, let's not forget that. That's true. If the Falcons and it's not that win, crazy of an idea either. <laughs> if the Falcons win and the Buccaneers lose, the Falcons will make the playoffs. But, man, that team is terrible. Uh, that team is so bad to watch. It's Atlanta unbearable. on the list for a reason. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Ain't that right, Jerry? Mm-hmm. They are awful. I think Moving Trey Young the watches next... the show. <laughs> if, he, if he does. All right. 
Moving on. Sorry. I'm sure <laughs> he, he watches a show that has 25 subscribers. Uh, moving into that next level at 24, we have the Cardinals, 23, the Vikings, 22, the Raiders, 21, the Bears, 28, 28, 20, the Saints, 19, Seahawks, the Broncos at 18, and the Packers coming in at 17. There's a couple playoff teams in here. The Saints, Seahawks, Packers, uh, those are and Vikings technically are all still alive for the playoffs. But uh, the Packers or Seahawks will likely make it. Uh, but again, teams that just really aren't that dominant, aren't that great. Moving into teams that will likely or or control their own destiny when it comes to making the playoffs. Uh, we have the Bengals at 16. That's not one of them. The Bengals actually have been eliminated. Uh, the Colts at 15, the Steelers at 14, the Buccaneers at 13, the Eagles at 12, and the Texans at 11. And now we're going to unveil our top 10. Coming in at number 10, it's Jason's team. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jason. Let me let me hear a little Duval. Duval. I mean Duval. That's we're like two weeks away, bro. It's Sorry. Like, just right. let me have the moment. Right? I had I, I I couldn't help myself. No, but the Jag the Jaguars, especially with the backup quarterback, stepped up in a game that was a must win, a good turnaround game after several lost in a row. How do you feel about your Jags going into the last week of the season, as well as most likely going into the postseason? Uh, this year, Jason. All right, Jameis Winston plays for the Saints. So I think I think I, I think job's not finished. What's there to be excited about? What's there to be excited about? Exactly. One more W. I think we run the ball a little bit more. Hopefully that takes us with a little hot streak going in. Um, maybe get some of those injury people back on the deep from the defensive backfield and. We're at our best in the playoff time. Looking to get smacked by the Browns. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey. Just kidding. But not really. Revenge no. tour, baby. <laughs> Hard to beat a team twice. Revenge <laughs> tour. Let's go. Uh, number nine. Uh, back into the top ten. The Kansas City Chiefs, after they beat the Bengals in a pretty good game. Defense really showed up. Their offense still... Can't be seem to be found. Jerry's favorite team, Kansas City. What do you see uh, from them going into the postseason? They've won the division for the 1,000th straight year, it seems like. Uh, do you think that uh, this offense is going to be able to click and figure it out? Or are you like me, uh, hoping, praying, wishing, and believing they're going to be a one-and-done come playoff time? Well, I am like you. I hope the chiefs fall on their faces every year for other reasons and every, for yeah for other <laughs> reasons sure um <laughs> however anything is possible when patrick mahomes is your quarterback and uh there's a reason they're still in the top 10 even after all their miscues this year they still win the division they're still at the three seed and i it's it's just painful to watch every single year their defense is actually pretty decent, um, so they have that to rely on. Uh, top five, even, top ten, I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I, Isaiah Pacheco is really good, even though he looks he looks like a freaking cartoon running the ball. But if they can keep it on the ground, yeah. <laughs> freaking Forrest Gump out there, dog. Look, if they can keep the ball on the ground, 
get the ball in Patty Mahomes' hands, let him improvise, do what he does. Maybe Travis Kelsey will get a spark from his girl in the playoffs, and uh, you know they might they might make a run. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the Super Bowl just because of, you know it's Patrick Mahomes and it's that kind of year. So I would hate to see that, but it, it definitely can happen, especially you know when you have that good of a defense and you have that good of a quarterback, and it's for the postseason. I mean, those are kind of like the two things that you need, and they have it. So moving on to number eight. A team that's been really hot this back half of the season, the Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford, what a resurgence after his injury. Puka Nakua, likely going to set or has already set. I can't remember. 28 yards away. How many? 28 yards away. 28 yards away. Four catches and 28 yards away from uh, both records. He's getting that. So he's going to win the, well, he's got Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. So who knows? But a good chance he gets that. Um in a game that uh, neither team really needs to win, uh, the the 49ers likely would be resting their starters as well. But but more on the Rams, they've had such a resurgence uh, the back half of the season. Everyone thought, ah, Rams are going to stink. They're in rebuild mode again. They're they've lost too many players. Too many. Th- they've quickly and quietly become one of the hottest teams in the NFL with one of the most explosive dynamic offenses with two rookies that are absolutely balling out in Puka Nakua and, and Kyron Williams. So watch out for the Rams. They can keep up with anybody. They almost beat the Ravens had took Ravens, a, a no call blocking the back punt return in overtime to beat them. So Rams at number eight. Number seven, we have the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins fall down four spots this week after getting routed by the Baltimore Ravens. They lose a massive piece as well in losing Bradley Chubb for the season with a torn ACL. Jason, does this offense have enough juice and enough firepower to sustain them through the playoffs or – Losing such key play, uh, such a key player, really the the cornerstone of their defense um, for this entire season. I I, I know they have uh, uh, Jim Ramsey back, but what'd you say? Christian Wilkins, baby. Just because you can't get pressure from the outside doesn't mean you can't get it from the inside. I think they call themselves Chocolate and Thunder, Lightning and Thunder. I don't know what they call themselves, but there's a duo pair in the interior line that has been playing very well for them. What? <laughs> About ten sacks a piece per person. I don't. They're they're a combo. They have a good nickname. You also have Jerome Baker. I think he's not healthy this week, but he'll be should be back for the playoffs. Oh, anyways, uh, and then Jalen Ramsey. Now the biggest thing: what's Xavier Howard looking like? Not Xavier expected Howard, to play. Like, not yeah. Like this, dun, this dun. week, I don't know about the playoffs. Playoffs, he might be back, but that's the biggest thing. You get Jalen Ramsey back, you lose your other quarter. Like <laughs> they have the defense, I think, to still sustain. Um, it just sucks that they have now lost both of their outside linebackers. Um, so yeah, it's something that they're going to miss. Um, depending on who they play first, is really going to be the big cue if they win the game. I don't think they continue past that though. Well, if they if they lose to the Bills, they will play the Chiefs, uh, the first game. They win. And, and if they the Dolphins beat them, you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would that'd be amazing. And if they beat the Bills, they will likely they'll play the winner of the uh, Texans uh, Indianapolis game. 
If it's the Texans, yikes. If it's the Colts, they win. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Dolphins at number seven. Coming in number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys, who have had a little bit of a roller coaster of a season at uh, home, they are, look unstoppable. On the road, they look very stoppable. Uh, but they are a team with a dynamic, dynamic weapon in C.D. Lamb, top three wide receiver, in my opinion, in the NFL this season. He is he is uh, darn near unguardable. He's very, he's very, very talented. And Dak looks very comfortable throwing him the ball. Looks comfortable in the pocket. It'll just depend on. Well, now they 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 have basically the two seed locked up as long mm-hmm. as they beat the Commanders. So playoff pretty much goes through Jerry World, except for the NFC Championship, assuming that the uh, Niners uh, continue to win. So Jerry is this Dallas Cowboys team, especially with that win over the Lions. I mean, if you have to go to Dallas to play all these games, that's not something I think. I don't think any team in the NFL wants to do that. No, I mean when you're when you're undefeated at home all season long, you don't want to go and play the team that's undefeated at home all season long. <laughs> Especially, uh, you know, they're not going to lose this week. They're going to lock up the two seed, win the NFC East. Uh, the team that they'd have to play is either the Seahawks or the Packers. Uh, we're talking about a Seahawks team that they beat earlier in the year. In, you know, in the AT&T Stadium and a Packers defense that can't stop anybody right now. C.D. Yeah. Lamb would go for 180 easy on that I secondary I would C.D. Lamb <laughs> player of the week. Yeah. Like, I digress. Uh, yeah, uh, a scary team going into the playoffs for sure. Um, yeah, their home field advantage is just something else. And, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's not out of the MVP conversation just yet. Yeah, it's it's you know. Yeah, he is. It's locked eh, up. I don't, it's going to the quarterback of the number one team for sure. I think he's. But I seriously, I think he's the only other player that could get it from Lamar. Maybe outside of CMC, but CMC's not playing this week, so. And neither is Lamar. Yeah. So I I don't know. I see what you're saying, but I it's I think it's done done deal after oh, yeah. beating the Dolphins by that much and throwing for that many touchdowns and that many yards. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Dolphins come in at number six, number five, a team that beat the Cowboys uh, a couple weeks ago, but seems to be struggling since a little bit. The Buffalo Bills hop a spot mainly because the Dolphins drop out of that top five. Buffalo, again, a team that looks good, a team that looks poised uh, to some extent defensively these last couple weeks to make a run, which is what you need. You need a strong defense going into the playoffs. But Josh Allen really needs to figure out this new offense, and he needs to be able to step up and make big plays coming down the stretch. He has the ability. A lot of people are really high on the Bills right now. We have them at number five. They're a good team. I just think they have – it just depends on what team decides to show up that week. Is the t- you know if if it, is it the team that beat the Cowboys that showed up, or is it the team that got three turnovers on the Patriots in plus territory all in the first quarter, and only put up twenty seven points and only beat them by seven points in the entire game? You know that sort of team is not going to be able to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes. That sort of team is not going to be able to beat Lamar Jackson. Uh, or or Joe Flacco in the Browns, I don't think so. It, it just depends on who shows up at the Bills. Uh, look, when they're at their best, they look to be one of the scariest teams in the NFL. At number four, we have the Detroit Lions. They 
are above the Cowboys. I actually, in my personal ranking, had the Cowboys above the Lions, but I understand why the Lions uh, ended up above the Cowboys. Jason, what did you see from the Lions this year? And uh, what do you think of the Lions here at number four and if they're posed to make this kind of playoff run? I think this is a team that is probably your scariest bet to the 49ers. They have an identity. They all play for together harder than anyone. So if you get their best game, they have weapons and some weapons that don't even get used a lot, like Jamison Williams. If he plays his best game to pair with Amon Ra and then you have Sam Laporta, who's been the best tight end this year, dangerous. Dangerous team. You got two running backs that both can go off at any moment. You just got to get consistency from Jared Goff and some solid, better defensive play than what they normally do. And uh, that team, that team looks dangerous in my opinion. Yeah. The lions can be extremely explosive on offense. You know, you go back to that Broncos game, sorry, Jerry, but Jared Goff throwing five touchdowns. They have weapons all across that offense. They look very, very good. Coming in at number three, the Cleveland Browns. You're talking about a team that has been all over the board at the beginning of this year, but these last five weeks, we've found an identity with Joe Flacco, bro. Uh, he has looked absolutely unstoppable at that quarterback position. Except he looks. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, except for on the sidelines. Oh, yeah, he's falling asleep. He's so good, he's falling asleep on the sidelines. It's absolutely unbelievable. That's the only break he gets from his kids. He's got to get a nap in when he can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but in all seriousness, what the Cleveland Browns have done this season is nothing short of extraordinary, in my opinion. And that I am a Browns fan, obviously. Uh, but it's not just because they're 11-5 and five with a chance to be the first 12-win season uh, since – the second 12-win season in Browns history and the first one since the 1980s. But because you're talking about a team that has had to start four different quarterbacks, you're talking about a team that has nearly 30% of its uh, team on IR. And, yeah, we're about to have our fifth starting quarterback with Jeff Driscoll starting this weekend. You're talking about a team that's lost both of its starting offensive tackles and one of its backup tackles. You're talking about a team that has lost its number one offensive weapon in uh, Nick Chubb and a team that has lost their starting quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who they paid $230 million to. You're talking about a team that defensively last year was one of the bottom 15 teams in the NFL, even with all the talent they had and a team that has suffered severe injuries back there too, to players like Grant Delpit to Denzel Ward all season to Greg Newsom this season to Juan Thornhill, who's been in and out of the lineup. I mean, seriously, there's so much that could have derailed this season that could have made this season what the Jets season turned out to be, which is a six and 10 season and soon to be probably six and 11 or seven and 10 season. But instead Kevin Stefanski has the boys turning it around. They bring in someone like Joe Flacco, who it's a meme. I mean, it's literally his, <laughs> his, his career is a meme. Is he elite? Is he not elite? Joe Flacco, bro, with Stavi and all that stuff. And now he's thrown for more touchdowns in five games. And certain NFL teams have the entire season. I, I know I'm gone going off a little bit, but 
it's been incredible to watch. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, enjoy, love this because this isn't something that happens all the time. And it's been absolutely fantastic to watch. And I really think they could make a run at the Super Bowl this year. You know, that's not just a fan talking. That's with a defense they have. And if Joe Flacco can maintain this level of play, I think they can beat anybody. So. Yeah. Did you see the uh, did you see the video that the Browns, I think they posted on Instagram. It's a video of Joe Flacco just walking in the locker room. And they said they said all he does is win in the stadium, <laughs> referring to his Ravens day. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck so, yeah. All is yeah. forgiven if you win one now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And something interesting to, or not something interesting, something funny too. I've watched it probably 7,000 times. There's a, a video cut right after the Bears game of uh, of Joe Flacco, uh, pair, like high, not highlights, but him since he got to the Browns and a couple of highlights and a couple just like video shots of him paired to Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams. You know, <laughs> and it is is really funny, but it also just gets you hyped. Gets you excited. So uh, Cleveland Browns coming at number three. We, I've, I've talked enough about them today. It's, it's just been amazing to watch. Uh, but coming in at number two, the one and two spot haven't changed in a while. We got the San Francisco 49ers. They absolutely destroyed the commanders this weekend. And uh, they look pretty unstoppable. Jerry, I know your mom's a massive fan. I don't know if she's in the chat today uh, talking smack or anything. But uh, what do you think of the 49ers? <laughs> what do you think of the 49ers? And uh, – you know, the the NFC runs through San Francisco. Yep, the NFC goes through San Francisco. I think uh, I think it's pretty clear who the top two teams in the NFL are, at least in their respective conferences. Uh, you got the 49ers and then um, don't want to give away the reveal, but the, the Baltimore Ravens are number one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the 49ers are, are incredible. Um, it, it really lucky for them that Trent Williams wasn't out uh, for an extended period of time after that Ravens game, because he just makes such a big difference on that offense. Uh, he is, in my opinion, the glue that keeps that offense together, the best player on that offense. Um, so if they can keep him healthy throughout the playoffs, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't see any scenario where the 49ers, I'm going to eat my words on this. I don't see any scenario where they don't make the Super Bowl this year. Barring a serious injury, I think they, they're that good. They're just they wow. have demolished everybody this year, except for a couple of AFC uh, North teams: Browns, Ravens, Bengals. Yo, they lost to the Vikings. They were without a couple of guys, but if they can stay healthy throughout the throughout the playoffs, definitely going to be seeing them in the Super Bowl. I think. Yeah, I think the the Forty Niners are pretty. Pretty fantastic all across the board. The only way to stop them is to really uh, get pressure on Brock Purdy and make him make some bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And you saw in a couple the two two of the main games this year where you've put a lot of pressure on him. He ha he hasn't quite risen to the occasion. It is only his second year. He definitely can turn that around, and he is a good quarterback. But uh, coming in at number one. The best team in the NFL right now, and it's not particularly close, it is the Baltimore Ravens. You hate to say it, 
uh, if you're an AFC North fan of another team like me. But the Ravens are fantastic. They've locked up the division. They've locked up the one seed. Lamar Jackson has pretty much locked up the MVP. And this is the 1B, if you will. If the Browns are 1A, this is the 1B defense in the NFL. And in a lot of people's minds, the number one defense in the NFL. And they're very good all across the board. They do not have a weakness on their team. And unless you can get a bunch of pressure on Lamar Jackson, because he's he's a fantastic quarterback if you let him sit back there. He drops to kind of a middle-of-the-road quarterback if you get a lot of pressure on him. Uh, but a lot of teams haven't been able to do that. If you can, uh, that's when you have a chance to take down the Ravens. But they are just absolutely fantastic. Jason, what do you see out of the Ravens this year, out of Lamar Jackson, that, I mean, clearly they're the number one team, right? Yep consistency you just you see it day in and day out i mean they come in they play they nothing wows you nothing goes crazy everybody's just consistent play and they continue to increase that consistency at a higher level so um they've only increased in skill and then i think you're starting to see players like zay fowers um show itself even a backup tight end like isaiah likely um showing that he can be a top tier tight end as well. Um, so the offensive line has protected their guy. Their guy has only a lot of people wanted to call him a running back coming out, but he's proven this year that he can play pocket quarterback and win games. So, mm-hmm. and he still has his legs to use. So um, I think we'll see a little bit more of that when it comes down to playoff games and, I think we'll see the best of the Ravens in these weeks to come. Yep. 100%. 100%. The Ravens top. Would you, go ahead, Jerry. You about to say something? Uh, I was just going to say one thing I've noticed about the Ravens. They obviously have a lot of you know, great weapons in Lamar, Odell, Zay Flowers. Um, they should be getting Mark Andrews back for the playoffs, I believe. Uh, they just do. They can put up all the stats they want, but they just do a great job of controlling the game. They do a great job of controlling the pace and playing to anybody's level. Um, they can beat you in a shootout. They can beat you by suffocating you with the run game and just, you know, you know total ball possession. Um, they can kind of do everything, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive to watch. They have led in the fourth quarter of every game this year. Yeah. The only and, it's like, and it's like, how did this happen? Like, <laughs> you, you get to the end of the fourth quarter, you're like, how are we actually yeah. getting beat? 21 it's like it's 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 absurd the only team that's beaten and this is what rex ryan was saying on espn and it's very true the only team that's beaten the baltimore ravens are the baltimore ravens you know i mean the browns beat them but it was because they made these mistakes coming down the stretch you know and it's it's been it's been uh incredible to watch them um I hate to watch them, but it's been incredible. They've been fantastic. And they top our power rankings for yet another week. This has been our NFL power rankings. These are these these are the definitive power rankings. And don't uh, you forget it. Uh we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back and uh we'll see you here in a second.
and welcome back to the Unnamed Sports Show. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by Jason and Jerry. And something I didn't say to start because, you know, things change. And when things change, you forget things. And when you forget things, the uh, order and and, uh, sort of the flow of the show changes. What I forgot to tell you was that you can follow us at Unnamed Sports S on all of our social media. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and, uh, and join us. Uh, after the fact, you can see us wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, we'll upload almost as soon as the show ends. So thanks again for joining us today. If uh, you're catching us later, thank you for joining. And again, please don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment. We really appreciate all the support moving on week 18 of nfl games this is the last week the last week of regular season football this is the last time all 32 teams will be playing on a weekend it's absolutely crazy how time or how fast time flies by i feel like just the other day it was the uh browns and jets playing in the hall of fame game and now look it's week 18 we're here we're moving bittersweet bittersweet let's just focus on this on the sweet part let's just let's let's this year like that let's focus on the good yeah like making the playoffs exactly two of the three of us probably in and honestly if you would have said at the beginning of the season that two of the three of us made it and one of us didn't everyone would have thought it was the cleveland browns that didn't make it but we're the only ones truly locked in so let's go Starting off, you got Steelers at Ravens. What? I would probably said Denver, but yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not talking about the three of us. The three of us knew that the Browns would be pretty solid this year. But if you were to generically poll a random person on the street and say, you have the Broncos, you have the Jaguars, you have the Browns, two of these teams made the postseason, which one did not? Everyone would say the Cleveland Browns. Because unless you are a Cleveland Browns fan or a follower of a strong follower of football, everyone would assume it's the Cleveland Browns because we've sucked for the last twenty years. So fair point. That's fair that's point. what I was that's all I was trying to say. But we got some exciting games, week eighteen. We got some games that will decide seeding, decide playoffs, decide what our super wildcard weekend's gonna look like. We have games that'll decide futures for people's lives. Uh Draft picks, everything, tons coming down to this week. And we start off on Saturday with the Steelers at Ravens. Steelers minus four. Uh, The big playoff implication for this game, Ravens already have the one seed locked up. Uh, The Steelers, they win, plus a couple of other things happen, and they're in. Basically, they win, Bills lose, Steelers are in. Jerry, how do you see this game going? Uh, Ravens benching their starters. Ravens benching their starters. That's why you see the minus four next to the Steelers there. I do think the Steelers are going to win this game. I, uh, I, I'll honestly take the Ravens on the points. I think it's going to be a field goal game, last second field goal. Uh, but it's, you know, Ravens are, are benching, been- Ravens are benching the starters. All uh, their that's starters? I think they're benching everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they're going to have a two week break going into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think the Steelers pull this out. It's do or die. If I know anything about Mike Tomlin, it's that he's going to have those guys ready to play. He does every week. Somehow, again, another plus 500 season for Mike Tomlin. I don't think he's ever had a losing season in his entire career. You know, hats off to him. He is one heck of a coach. Definitely. Hey, hey, baby. De- 
hey, to make the playoffs, <laughs> playoffs. But yeah, no, Steelers. Playoffs. Steelers win this game. Again, field goal at the end. It might be by one, two, or three. They're not covering. Uh, I don't know what the over-unders are. I apologize for not putting them up. Uh, I should have done that. Yeah, Steelers won this game, and that's, that's it. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know. I, they're the Steelers. They can do it. No, backup offensive line yeah. for the Ravens is not going to be able to handle the Steelers' defense. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. Tyler Huntley might be a decent quarterback, but he's going to be running for his life the whole game. If they can't score more than... 14 points, like, just... Eh. Wrap it up now. No, 100% I agree. I don't think the Ravens really much care about this game. They have the one seed locked up, and they are not going to do anything to risk any of their key starters. Uh, The next game, Saturday night, massive game in the AFC South. Texans at Colts. Texans one-point favorite. Basically a pick game. Jason, where do you see this one going? I have the Texans, and they definitely hit that. So, bet the over. Or, sorry, bet the line. Um, take the points. Yeah, take the points. Thank you. Points. The, <laughs> the Texans, CJ Stroud is definitely going to show up, I think, his best game um, we've seen so far. Um, Nico Collins going to go off. Um, actually, you know what? I forgot to also say. For the Ravens, OBJ. Some of these players are going for their contract. Like, you know, so I doubt. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Texans Colts. Texans Colts right now. Texans, we're going to get CJ Stroud, and he's going to have his best game. I think he locks up rookie of the year with this game and ends up making it to the playoffs. I think the Texans win this game as well. I think the Colts are just outmatched offensively. Moving on, Browns and Bengals. Nobody cares about that game. It has little. Zero implications, but I think the Browns win. Vikings at Lions. Lions minus three and a half. Uh, this one sort of has playoff implications. Lions are locked in at, at three seed. They cannot move up or down. The Vikings, if they win, they have a couple different scenarios in which they could make the playoffs, but they probably won't make the playoffs. Uh, Jerry, you know, real quick. Where do you see this one going? I don't think the Lions are benching anyone, but they definitely can no longer. Well, they I guess yeah, they could get yeah, the they, two seed. They can, get they, the two only, seed. they can get the two seed if Dallas loses or if, yeah, if Dallas loses. But Yeah, well, the Eagles would have to lose too then. Mm-hmm. They don't have the tiebreaker over the Eagles? No, they don't. They I don't, don't think so. Mm. Yeah, no. No, they don't. Yeah, I don't so, think so. Yeah, so they, they could, but they would need the both the Eagles yeah. and the Cowboys to yeah. lose, which is extremely unlikely. Yeah, um, just real quick, the Vikings are in QB turmoil right now. They're starting Nick Mullins again this week. The Lions just outmatch them in every facet of the game. Uh, Lions are just a better team. If they do play their starters, they're they're going to dominate. Uh they might only play him for like a half. I, I, I really don't know the Lions scenario. I don't know what they're gonna play for here. They're, I think it's in their best interest probably to set their starters and just kind of keep everybody healthy. You know, kind of stay at that, stay at that three seed. But again, if they stay at the three seed, they gotta play the Rams, and nobody wants to play the Rams right now. So, I don't know. Matt Stafford coming home game. Yeah, yeah. If the Lions play their starters. Take the Lions on the points if they don't take a money line 
I'm, they're going to win this game. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Jaguars at Titans. Jaguars five-point favorites on the road. Jason, win and end scenario. How do you feel about your Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the Tennessee Titans? I was a little nervous earlier uh, last week. I won't lie to you because Derrick Henry is my dad, all right? <laughs> I've seen him so many times run through our defense Stiff arm everyone. Ten people, they get back up, try to tackle them again, get stiff armed down on the ground again. AJ Boy, I'm talking about you. <coughs> Anyways. Sorry. Oof. Oof. All right, AJ Boy, I'm talking about you Specific- specifically. I really think... Um. They're going to be checked out, though. So I do believe that um, he wants to trade. He doesn't really care much about this team. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not. They're not. They're not shooting really much for a difference in the draft pick either. Um, so I don't. I don't think we'll get an effort, um, much effort from the Titans. And I think we end up winning this game. Moving on, Jets at Patriots. Patriots two point favorites in a game that means literally nothing except draft position for the Patriots. Falcons at Saints. This one has a little bit going on. The Falcons are three point uh, underdogs on the road at Saints. Uh, Saints favored by three. Uh, what happened, uh, Jason? I'm you good. Yes. You good? Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry <laughs> about that. Sorry about that stream. Um, uh, Falcons. Uh, at Saints, Saints three-point favorites. Uh, if the Saints win and the Buccaneers lose, the Saints are the uh, NFC South champs. If the Falcons win, the Buccaneers lose. The Falcons are the NFC South champs. Uh, this game is basically going to come down to uh, praying. The winner of this is praying that the Panthers can beat the Buccaneers. Um, but I think the Saints win. I think the Falcons are, are also in quarterback turmoil. I don't think Taylor Heineke is the solution. Uh, Desmond Ritter clearly is not the solution. And Derek Carr plays just good enough to make you think he's decent and then uh, keeps your team right at that 500 level. Never really good enough to win you anything. Yeah. Uh, the Saints um, Saints can get a wild card spot still. If mm-hmm. Seattle it, and Green it, Bay lose and the Saints yeah, win. So, so it's still a pretty outside shot. You got Cardinals there. Uh, we'll see. It's a potential. It's a potential, which would be crazy if two NFC South teams made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, next game, Buccaneers Panthers. Similar Buccaneers win and end, but Panthers are absolutely atrocious. So the Buccaneers should win this game. Uh, Broncos at Raiders, that doesn't mean anything except for draft positioning. Bears at Packers, uh, Packers three-point favorites at home. They have, as Jerry alluded to earlier, absolutely dominated the Bears over the last uh, several years, last several decades, actually. Uh, but the Bears are really hot right now, and the Packers' defense is terrible. Jerry, how do you see this game going? Uh, I said when we were going into the playoff scenarios and playoff picture, the Bears were going to beat the Packers, and then I did a 180. Is yeah. he 180 again? Uh, give me the Packers. Packers <laughs> just dominated the Bears. With the points or money line? Give me the points. Give me the points. Ooh. Yeah. They did it. They did it earlier in the year. They did it week one against the Bears in Chicago. They're going to do it again. 
Jordan Love is a lot better than we gave him credit for earlier in the season. I am terrified. I am terrified that the Packers defense is going to give up 40 points. I just pray that Jordan Love puts up 45. That's all. It, it might that might happen actually. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. with Jason. I think the Bears defense is too good and Justin Fields is playing too well. But I appreciate you sticking to your 180 turnaround decision so good good for you uh moving on to the next game eagles five point favorites on the road in new york the giants tyrod taylor's been playing decent uh lately but i think the eagles for as bad as the eagles are they've already clinched this playoff spot uh, i think that they probably win this game um but it's a typical eagles game where you think they should win by more and they end up winning by you know, three points on a last-second field goal. Seahawks at Cardinals. Seahawks minus two and a half. If the Seahawks win, they need the Packers to lose, and they're in. Jason, how do you see this game? Only two and a half point uh, favorites to the four and twelve Cardinals. Well, I mean, we saw a tough game um, from the Cardinals last week, so I mean, they're probably going to still be playing their best. I think Kyler Murray is shooting for a. Security in his job. Um, not saying that he doesn't deserve it. It's just that I think they're in a period of time where they could look for a trade similar to the Bears. Um, that being said, they wrote him off, and he ain't right back. Let's go. I got the boy to win the game. That would be Geno Smith for those. That would be Geno. Seattle Seahawks. Chargers at Raiders. I'm sorry. Chiefs at Chargers. This game means nothing. Chiefs have locked in the three seed and the Chargers uh, stink. Uh, The Rams at 49ers. Another game that means absolutely nothing. The 49ers have locked in the one seed and the Rams have locked in the six seed. Uh, 49ers backups, four point favorites against the Rams backups. Cowboys at Commanders. Cowboys win, and they win the division as well as officially get the two seed. They play a four-win Commanders team that is absolutely terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. They are 13-point favorites. It's one of the biggest spreads we've seen this season. Uh, Jerry, I'll let you get the Bills-Dolphins game. You can talk about that one. I'll talk about this one. Cowboys are going to win this game by 50. Go ahead and put your money on it now. Hit the over because the Cowboys are going to score all those points because it's a bad team. And when the Cowboys play a bad team, they win by a thousand. It happened. You can, you can, you can guarantee it. Take it to the bank, but bet your mortgage on it. Don't really do that. But Cowboys win. Uh, and they lock up that two seed and most of the NFC playoffs will have to go through Jerry world. Moving on last game of week 18, a huge massive game for both teams. Bills three point favorites on the road at Miami. Jerry who wins this battle? I mean, you already talked about it earlier, but who wins this battle of the AFC East? Just real quick on the Cowboys commanders. They were in this position last year and the commanders ended up beating them. So pump the brakes a little bit. The Cowboys are definitely going to win. I got in the Sunday night football Stop matchup for last. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. The Cowboys are not going to lose to the Commanders. The Commanders are it's terrible. They are so bad at football. If Jacoby Brissett plays, there's a chance. But if Sam Howe is the starting quarterback for the Commanders, the Cowboys are going to pick him off four times. 
I mean, it's not even going to be close. So anyway, go ahead. Bills right. and Dolphins. Bills Dolphins. Miami last game, for the last division. regular season game of the year, Sunday Night Football. I said it earlier. The Ravens pumping the Dolphins was the worst thing that could have happened for the Bills. Give me the Dolphins by two scores. Give me the Dolphins by two scores. Give me the over. I don't even know what the over is because it's going to be a shootout. Something's going to happen with the Bills. Josh Allen's going to get a little too cute, too many turnovers. Dolphins are going to take advantage, take control, win by two scores in this game. It's in Miami. They're not going to let their fans down. They're going to win the division. They're going to lock up the two seed. Yeah, as much as I'd love to believe that, I just think without Bradley Chubb and I think with Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert coming off injury and already have guaranteed a spot in the playoffs, I just think the Bills lock this one up. But I appreciate your conviction and your... uh, uh, It would make for an interesting story. Yeah, it would. If the Bills missed the playoffs... Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It would be... It'd be a pretty crazy story. I mean, they've they've started off so poorly and then turned it around big time. And then if they just end up missing by this much in the freaking St- Bills, just go win so the Steelers can't get in, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. We already got two FC- AFC North teams. I don't want a third. Because what inevitably what will happen is the Browns will have to play the Steelers. And for whatever reason, we just can't play the Steelers. So just, Bills, go take care of business. All right? All right. Well, that is the game, uh, the games for week 18, the last week of the NFL season. It's, I mean, this is it. This is it. These are the last set of games until we determine what the postseason is going to look like. And I, for one, can't wait to watch them. Uh, if you're still watching this show, this has obviously been our longest one, and we just now finally finished up NFL ball. We're going to quickly uh, go over the NCAA football, and then we'll get out of here. But starting with the uh, New Year's Six games, the Cotton Bowl, last Friday, one of the worst showings that Ohio State's ever had in a bowl game in the history that I've ever watched them. I mean, you could even take the absolute destruct, like the game we got destroyed by Florida, the national championship. I would pick that game over this game because at least it was for no. something. I would, <laughs> I would. Nope. I, would I cried tears. I cried tears. I cried tears too, but, but at least it was for something. At least we had players out. At least we looked competent offensively. We couldn't go score touchdowns, but we could move the ball a little bit. We had the opening kickoff for a touchdown. We had some excitement in the game. This was just pure and total terribleness on the offensive side of the football for Ohio State. And I, for one, am I, I was so angry with how we performed. Uh, Jason, my fellow Ohio State fan, I mean, what did you think of this game? I know you said you disagreed with my take on the national championship game, but but that's that's, just, that's I mean like yes it was a terrible game to watch in the most recent years I would agree with what you, your your statement um, but I, I the pain I felt on that day losing to Florida and then losing them in basketball too terrible pain anyways to the real point the real point dear Ryan Day quarterback gets hurt unfortunate you get a backup quarterback in there. Leaking key holds, you don't give them a chance to be successful. 
You don't try to throw the ball. You just run. You go, first of all, you go, once Devin Brown gets hurt, you keep him in the game, and you go wildcat formation, and he's out there limping. He's just a body. Get him out. Go get go get him out to the doctor. Let him heal. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. Something happens. Whatever. Get him out. Let Keith Lincoln throw some easy plays with him. Quick slants. Some screen. Something. Get him motivated. If he makes a mistake early, by the end of the game, he's ready to play and throw the ball. We have five-star weapons at receivers, and we're not throwing them the ball. For why? It don't make much sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. It was absolutely terrible to watch, and as an Ohio State hater, I feel like, Jerry, you probably pretty happy about Ohio State losing, or did you have money? Actually, uh, I've, I've turned my... I'll turn the he, a little bit. He, he, not, he's coming to Ohio State fan. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Here's the way you were talking. No. <laughs> no, I just, I hate to see poor, you know, poor judgment calls and poor coaching. It's a, especially from an esteemed program like Ohio State. Like, you have Ryan Day, he's supposed to be one of the best coaches in the country. He, he can't call a game. He can't do it. Like, he looked awful calling this game. It was, it was, I was abysmal to watch. I did I was like sitting in my chair, falling asleep watching this game, dog. Like, it looked awful. awful. They did a, they did a stat. I think the last coach to, I forget what it was, who it was, but it's been a while since the last coach, the head coach that's been calling plays, has won a national championship. So, just a thought. It might be time to hang it up and be a head coach instead of an offensive coordinator now. I, I agree, mm. I agree. But enough about Ohio State. How embarrassing. Moving on, Saturday at noon, uh, the uh, Nittany Lions took on Old Miss. A game that was competitive there in the first half, but Old Miss pretty much ran away with it in the second. To be honest with you, when I was watching this one, I, I wasn't truly that impressed with either side. I just feel like Old Miss made a couple of bigger, you know, just a couple of big plays that. Penn State couldn't stop, but in the first half, and even throughout the whole game, Penn State was getting good pressure defensively. It just seemed like they couldn't couldn't figure out on offense. What'd you get? What'd you make of it, Jerry? Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Uh, you know, I kind of I think I predicted this earlier that Ole Miss was going to win this game just because I don't like I don't really like James Franklin as a coach. He can't coach in the big spots. Proved it again. Can't do it. Um, do you think he, he gets fired this year, or do you think they're going to stick with him? Nah, yeah. No, they'll stick with him. I, I agree. Just, is... Who are they going to get that's better? You know, there's not a lot of options out there. And, uh, right. you know, when he's it's winning a, 10, 11 games a year, you know. I think it's... a lot of coaches in the Big Ten right now are going to be saved, at least the good coaches. Um, a, because the division is getting harder next year, so mm-hmm. you really you don't want to be going through changes right now because – you start losing now, and those better Pac-10 teams come in, and uh, those recruits start looking at those teams, and they see the turmoil happening with you. You, you're pushing yourself back a couple more years than normal. Yep, I agree. And also, who wants to go? I mean, Penn State's in the middle of nowhere. Like, who wants to go out there and coach? I mean, there's literally, I mean, literally, there's nothing. An hour in every direction. There is nothing. Oh, and put it on mute. It Knocked it down and put it on mute. But uh <laughs> um 
yeah, I just I don't see them firing James Franklin. Uh, moving on to the most embarrassing game in the largest deficit, I believe, in bowl history, if I'm not mistaken. Georgia beat Florida State 63-3. to Now, everyone thought Georgia was going to win big, but to Florida State's defense, they had a bunch of people enter the transfer portal and a bunch of people sit out. So you got to feel bad for them because – a bunch of their players decided not to play against a Georgia team that felt like they had to go out and prove that they should have been in the playoffs. And, and then, I mean, they, they may have just proved it, Jason. I mean, what'd you, how would you take of that game? Make of that. Game? I agree. Uh, Georgia should have been in the Georgia's team is good enough to be in the playoffs. I don't know if they deserve to be in the playoffs after losing, but that team was definitely good enough to be in the playoffs. Um, if not the best team in the, in the nation. Um, unfortunately they got beat. So yeah. here we are. And it's exciting now that we're moving to a 12 team format where teams like yes, uh, Georgia will be in. Um, and in the and not only that, you get Florida state in there and then players aren't transferring out because they don't feel like they are unjust. Yeah, I think um, they were they playing with their third strings at like most of the yeah. positions. Yeah. Yeah. Their yeah. backup quarterback got hurt. Uh, yeah. They didn't have their running back that carried them the game that their quarterbacks did get hurt. Like it, it, just a lot of bad, just a lot of bad, a lot of bad all the way around. And another game where two teams that did not deserve to be on the same field together. You had Oregon take on uh, Liberty, Liberty, who was the undefeated, <laughs> who was the uh, one power five or non-power five school that went undefeated this year. Uh, Oregon wins that game, forty-five to six. There was like a moment in the first maybe three minutes of the game where you thought. Hey, Liberty's here to play. Liberty went right down the field and scored, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then flash forward to, you know, 10 minutes after that, and mm-hmm. uh, the game was over. And Bo Nix, you know, a quarterback that will get drafted to somebody this year, and I think somebody that uh, he'll probably go to a pretty decent team, maybe a team that uh, you know he can back up somebody for a couple years and then come in and make a start. Who knows? But, but. He played very, he played very well this entire season, and uh, Oregon truly was one of the better teams in college football. It would have been great again, another team that would have been fun to see in a twelve-team playoff go and potentially make a run. That was the New Year's Six. These were the bowl games that really, you know. And there's a conversation to be had too that a lot of these bowl games just don't mean what they used to mean, and it's unfortunate because you get games like this where people are sitting out, people don't give a crap, people are coaching like they that it doesn't matter because in all honesty, if you're not in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. And, uh, so that was unfortunate, but new year's day, these two games for the college football playoffs were almost as good as last year's first round games. They were absolutely, both games were absolutely fantastic. I think last year's first round was a touch more exciting just cause more offense, but still both of these games it was it was stellar, awesome. stellar, awesome games. The first one, the Rose Bowl, Alabama takes on Michigan, Michigan, and a, I mean, talk about a team that basically everything on special teams went wrong for them. They they had a defense that was absolutely smothering, and then Alabama comes out in the second half and just literally grabs the game, and it looks like Alabama, yep. Michigan just couldn't make the adjustments. Alabama's going to run away with this one. And then, lo and behold, J.J. McCarthy 
comes out there and just boom marches right down the field and there's a play that was made in this game where McCarthy steps up into the pocket and he rips one over the middle and the linebacker jumps up and tips this ball an extra six inches in the air, maybe an extra foot in the air. And Roman Wilson climbs this ladder and literally rips this ball out of the air. It was absolutely absurd. And if that ball is tipped just a little bit higher, it is game over. If Roman Wilson does not climb the ladder there and make that catch at his game, there's a safety waiting to just catch this easy ball right to him. Uh, but Wilson catches it. They're able to punch it in, tie the ball game, go to overtime. And then in overtime, Michigan, one, two, three runs the Blake Corum touchdown. Alabama gets the ball. They get all the way down to the four-yard line, fourth and goal. And there is a clear running pass. But the snap's low, and he just runs into the line of scrimmage, and he gets stuffed. Game over. Michigan wins. Jason, what did you make of this game? And I mean, it, hard to deny that the the committee didn't get it right because it was but such a fantastic got it game. Right. They got it right. They did it right. One of the I honestly I think these games were better. I I enjoyed them a little bit more than last year's, other than the Georgia. Well, that probably is because the last thing. Anyways. <laughs> Perfect game. Blake Corum, number one running back coming out in the draft. I don't know why he's not ranked there by a lot of draft experts. Um, he carried the game. Um, Roman Wilson did have that amazing play. Maybe had the best play of the game, but I think um, Blake Corum, if he's not on that team, they're not where they are, suit up, ready to uh, win a national championship. I agree. And him and that defensive line. That defensive, defensive line, five sacks and six tackles for losses. Jerry, what'd you make of that defense being able to really step up to Alabama and and outside of a little bit in that third quarter and early fourth, shut them down pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about all the miscues on the special teams for uh, Michigan. Alabama had a few miscues that they've had all season. The snaps were just way off, way low, right? Jalen Milrow, this is the first time all season that he's been held under 150 yards. You said it. They got to him five times in the first half. Absolutely stopped anything that he could do. He could not, he was having trouble scrambling out of the pocket. They were in his face before, sometimes before the ball was even in his hands from the snap. It was, they were just firing on all cylinders. Um, Yeah. JJ McCarthy had a great game, but man, if the defense doesn't play like that, they, I, they might get you by two scores. Um, when, you know, with, with the potential that Jalen Milrow has with the ball in his hand, um, but man, that defense, they were unstoppable and I cannot wait to see them play Washington. Something's got to give because Washington's offense is amazing. Uh, Michigan's defense is amazing. is amazing. It's going to be, you know, a rock and a hard place going at it together. Absolutely. And what a great segue because you go from the hard nose, gritty gridiron backyard basically brawl that the Rose Bowl was just back to the traditional Rose Bowl fight slugfest over to the most high-powered offense in college football this year in Washington taking on Texas in a game that was literally all Washington for like three and a half quarters of this thing but Texas was able to just hang around they were hanging around and then 
At the end, Quinn Ewers makes some great plays, some fantastic passes. Their receiver goes up and snatches, again, one of the best passes, best catches of the year out of the air right over the cornerback's head uh, to, to get this game within six. Washington gets the ball back. And it looks like, ah, it's probably over. Texas can get the ball back with 15 seconds left. It's probably over. Not so fast, my friend. The Washington running back goes down with an injury. Washington has to call a timeout. 45 seconds left on the clock for Texas. They march right down the field. It looks like they may score. They may win this game 38-37. to They throw another jump ball to the same receiver in the backcourt of the end zone. But the corner was ready, timed it perfect, and said, not in my house. Not in my house. Washington goes on to win 37-31. What an amazing game. Jerry, how good is Michael Penix? I mean, how is this guy? In my opinion, he's probably top three quarterback off the the draft board, right? I mean, I would say number. Personally, personally, no. You'll get a lot of flack for this. You're supposed to draft Caleb Williams. I like Michael Penix better than Caleb Williams. Just the way he throws the ball. That's me personally. Hot take. I might jump on that train with you. I might Ah, jump on that train with you. Nah, Jaden Daniels should take that Heisman drive to to Seattle, Washington, and hand deliver it to Michael Pitts Jr. Here, this is. I need Jaden Daniels to give me a thousand (laughs) dollars. True. No, Michael Pitts, dude. I mean, just what a story, first of all. So many injuries he's had to battle since he was at Indiana and then transferred over to Washington. And, dude, over 400 yards and, what, two touchdowns, I believe? I think he had two and uh, – no, sorry, he had three. Two. No, he, had, two. he only had two. Okay. He only had Trust two me, too, because I had a parlay of three-plus touchdowns. Ah. And that was the only part of my bet that missed. But anyway, continue. Unfortunate. Sorry to hear that. No, he's I, I uh, on the board, but we can't do that after that performance. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh he's definitely gonna be a special player in the NFL, I think. Um it's also interesting to see how old this class is compared to last year's class. By like they're older by like three years. Um another player that I don't think is being talked about enough in the uh coming up in the NFL draft. I alluded to it earlier, but Roma Dunes. Odunze, Odunes, I'm I'm unsure how to pronounce it. He's freaking good. He is freaking good, man. He he might be the number two receiver behind Marvin Harrison Jr. right now. Duke can ball. Um, and then, he's and, a, he's yeah. widely considered number two or three. Malik Neighbors is the yeah. second. Yeah. Huh. But, but no, but. I, I I can't disagree. He's absolutely fantastic. But that entire offense is just like it's it's unbelievable when you watch and Jason and I were watching on the stream together. We were talking a little bit when you watch him throw the ball, it reminds me as funny enough as it is. And as hilarious as we've talked about him as much as we have, but it's Joe Flacco Flacco. (laughs) in that he throws this ball. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. First of all, comes out of his hand. So pretty, but, but more importantly, it's so catchable. It's always got the right leverage. It's always on the right part of the uh, shoulder. And the ball is that right in between of speed where it gets there fast enough that the defender can't get to it, but it's not so fast that the receiver can't catch it. And it's just, it's so easy. It looks, I mean, obviously I am not a four, four speed running wide receiver in the end in college football, but it looks like it's one of those balls that the ball <laughs> almost catches you. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's absolutely uh, incredible to watch. And yeah. I mean, he, he, he drops back, man, and you just can see he's looking down, looking downfield, and then he just cocks it back and boom, the ball's yep. gone, you know, yep. out of his head in this beautiful deep ball. And it's it, it's incredible to watch, and it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, when you when you talk about Texas, you know, it's what they've done this season is very impressive with Quinn Ewers and they look like they've turned their program around, you know, um, their one weakness was their past defense, which showed up. And we but, talked uh, about that last week. We predict yeah. we got that one, right? We yeah. got that one, right? We did uh, one for 50 this year, but, but, uh, Jason, you know, I really thought that, uh, the, the, Longhorns, good lord! I was running through all the Texas teams in my head. There, I really thought the Longhorns were going to be able to uh, really control a time of possession better uh, with their run game and dominate the line of scrimmage a little bit more. And Sweat did have a really good game on the D line, but but what was it about Washington's offense that was able to and defense that was able to keep them ahead? Did you think when you were watching the game? Um, a lot of it has to do with Washington's uh, offensive line. I think Washington off offensive line is one or two um, in the nation right now. I mean, Michigan, Washington, both have a conversation for that. But and you just for look at reasons too, right? Yeah, when you say, yeah, like correct. Best run blocking well, offensive yeah. line, Michigan. Exactly. Best pass blocking. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. Exactly. Um, that being said, even when the pocket breaks down, the composure that Penix has is is ridiculous. He steps up, he jukes a guy out, he go he runs if he needs to. He's still looking for players, and uh, I, these and both both teams have good weapons at wide receiver. But I mean Washington, I mean one, two, and three, like all NFL players, and they showed it. They definitely showed it. So um, I think I think. Texas wasn't able to get to the quarterback as much as they wanted to, and they were also able to run when they needed to. So Washington was able to run when they needed to. So um, I, th I think that was what put them above Texas. What a great game. What a great game on both ends. And uh, the national championship game, Michigan versus Washington. Uh, Michigan, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Quick here to finish out the show. Jason, who do you got? You've disappeared. Give me Washington. Give me John Washington. Cena? I, I think, think John Cena was on our. Uh... <laughs> I think Washington is going to be the only team to outscore Michigan, and the reason because again their offensive line can't hold that front seven. They have receivers to beat the the weapon or the DBs that Michigan has. I do believe Washington is going to be able to outscore. I think this will be a shootout. And I don't think that's Michigan's game. So that is why I'm going Washington. Upset. Alert. No Yay. hate. Don't don't make don't do what I, I was, think you're gonna dude, do. Dude, I was gonna go Washington. And I'm gonna stick with them. Give me Washington. Michael Penix, four hundred yards on the Michigan offense or on the Michigan defense. I'm gonna make Ryan do it. I'm going to make him do the worst yeah. thing that he and Ohio State Wearing fan this. can imagine. Wearing this. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it either. I couldn't do it either. Yeah, give me Washington. <laughs> Michael Penix, the experienced dog, the Huskies, 
their last year in the Pac-12, the Pac-12's last year, they're going to win the Natty. They're going to take it home. Jason said it best. Our offensive line is too good. The only reason Michigan beats Alabama is because of how good their defense was. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We said it earlier, not so fast. Michael Penix, so fast. give it to him. Give him the Heisman, damn it. On to you, I want to make things very clear as we close out this amazing episode on the first episode of 2024. I do not want Michigan to win. I want Michigan to lose. Actually, if Michigan winning means Harbaugh leaves, maybe. But, but on a real note, I do not want Michigan to win. I want Michigan to lose by 100. I want them to be embarrassed like they were embarrassed by TCU last year. I want them to go back to being the laughing stock of a, of the big programs in the Big Ten. It doesn't seem like that part, that last one's going to happen. Having said all of that, on an objective level, I think Michigan is the better team. You saw blunders in the special teams that does not happen to Michigan in the Alabama game, and they were still able to overcome them. If you were going to say, hey, the team that Nick Saban's playing is going to have a bunch of special teams issues. They're going to miss an extra point. They're going to miss a field goal. They're going to drop two punts. You would say, yeah, Alabama's going to win by 20. They still, Michigan still won that football game, which just shows the resiliency of this team and how deep they are across the board and how good they are across the board. I think when you have a team that is as uh, porous on defense as Washington can sometimes be, and you have a team that is as dominant on the line of scrimmage, especially the offensive line of scrimmage, as Michigan, I think they're going to be able to control the clock. I think they're going to be able to score with Blake Corum at will. And then I think that's going to open it up for J.J. McCarthy to hit it over the top. And I just think at the end of the day, Michigan is the more complete team. And as much as I would love to see Washington win this game, and I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be close. I think Michigan is the better team and will likely uh, win this game but again not hoping for that not hoping for that but <clears throat> thanks everyone uh, for joining us here on the unnamed sports show we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there this has been by far our longest show so if you've stuck with us the whole time we really appreciate it if you're listening uh, on youtube after or uh, any wherever you find your podcasts after we thank you for for listening we appreciate all of the support please make sure to like subscribe listen to us uh, and uh, follow us on our social media at unnamed sports s we're on tiktok instagram and twitter so uh, thank you guys again for for listening and we will see you next week peace out